Well, good morning, Strong Nation Church, and a happy Boxing Day to you. Welcome to our Boxing Day service. It's wonderful to have you. I am joined on the couch today, something a little bit different, with the girls. The girls took over. The boys get to sleep in and us girls get to man the ship. So I am joined by Pastor Susan Mann, by Pastor Penny Gavin, by Pastor Theta Prevo and Pastor Megan Burrell. So it's very exciting. Welcome, girls. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to have the ladies. And, uh, and of course, we're all looking forward to our Boxing Day. We've had a great Christmas. Boxing Day now is the focus. It is the chilled day. It is the relaxed day. So I hope you're joining us in your pyjamas with a cuppa in your hand. Maybe you're already tucking into those Boxing Day leftovers. That's our theme for today. Boxing Day leftovers. Our last Sunday. It's actually our last Sunday of the year. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So wow. we, we get to kind of sum up the year and do all of that that cool yep. stuff. So Boxing Day traditions. Susan, what is your Boxing Day tradition? Well, not long after this, we are going to go to Lance and Belinda's place and have our whole Jerome family there, including my kids and grandkids. So we will have at least 45 people. Wow. And four generations. Four, four generations. That's it's pretty special. How good is yeah. that? Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Tell me what you're cooking. I'm going to be making my lemon meringue pie. Very famous. If you've not had Susan's lemon meringue pie, you don't know what you've missed. So there you go. <laughs> Love it. And Penny, Boxing Day for you? Um, we're going home to relax. We had a very busy Christmas with all the family and all the Gavins. So looking forward to some Lord of the Rings on the couch Woo! today. Yes. With a nice cheese platter that Bruce is preparing. So oh, can't wait. Mate, she's a girl after my own heart. I'll be doing exactly <laughs> the same thing. Cheese platter and Lord of the Rings and I just meet Rick uh, for, you know, short sort of visits in the kitchen as we're renewing our cheese platters because he goes into one room to watch the cricket and I go into the other <laughs> room to watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> a quick kiss in the kitchen as we pass. <laughs> but that's just perfect for both of us. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Theda? Well, we'll just be enjoying a lot of Christmas leftovers. So there's just a lot of eating, a lot of feasting. Oh. And um, much to my dismay, there'll be a lot of cricket. Um, <laughs> so, um, so we'll just be feeding and drinking and enjoying just the leftovers of Christmas Day. Yeah. Sounds good. Like it. Yep. Megan, what about you? Um, well, now that I've become a burrow, um, <laughs> my Christmas, well, Boxing Day has become a day of rest. And I think we'll probably be heading over to your house to watch Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. Yeah. yeah. So, and I look forward to it. It's not something I have to endure. I like it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, so our topic, as we said, is Boxing Day leftovers. And, uh, and it's an interesting topic. Uh, and I wanted to share a few thoughts on that. Uh, and then I'm going to ask each of the girls to share. I'll just get my glasses on. There we go. Okay. Uh, so the idea of leftovers, we kind of, we had a little giggle when we first heard that that was the topic because it's not the leftover team that end, end of year, last Sunday of the year that's on. No, no. This is the premium, you know, grade A team. Uh, <laughs> but leftovers is actually a reference to the fact that there's been such an abundance that there's stuff left over. And uh, that that really just started to spark some yeah. thoughts for me. And uh, so I, I went to the Word and um, really, really felt that just God brought a couple of stories uh, to mind. And the first one was that of the Eli of Elijah and the widow. 
in First Kings 17. And I want to read this story um, out of the, this, this passage out of the Bible uh, and, uh, and then we can have a chat about it. It says, So sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the uh, region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord lives, she she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So things were pretty grim for her. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. It's a powerful story. We see the miraculous hand of God. And it just reminds me again, that this this sense of leftovers is actually the the space of the miraculous. Yes. It really is the space of the miraculous um, that that God would do something like that, like that that there would be a leftover miracle for this widow that she would she would put the man of God first and make this food out of faith for Elijah, and that there would and she had to trust him then that there would be a meal for her and her son afterwards, and it never ran out. I just think that's in, that's incredible. So the idea of leftovers is really about the space of the miraculous. And uh, and to sort of further that, I want to read this story about Jesus, uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14. It says, As evening approached, the disciples came to Him and said, This is a remote place and it's getting already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And the disciples said, we, ha- we have here only five loaves of bread and two fishes. <laughs> Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. In other words, they ate till they were full which is kind of how we feel right now, very full. <laughs> and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. I mean, what a yeah. what a story. Again, leftovers is this zone of the miraculous. Yeah. It's this zone of God turning up and doing something. And And I just, I love that that they all ate and were satisfied. Yeah. Like they, were, they ate till they were full. God could have stopped right there, but He provided a basket each for the disciples, like 12 
baskets. Like he, he just, he shows who he is, doesn't he? His nature, the very nature of God uh, in this idea of leftovers. Leftovers come because of abundance, because of the miraculous. And so, you know, those stories just led me to this, um, just this one simple scripture in Psalm 23. Uh, we know Psalm 23 so well, but this one line out of that that just has stuck with me through the years, and it's this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. A table before me in the presence of my enemies. And there is, there's just such an incredible sense, uh, you know, in this 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 idea of leftovers, of the abundance that God is putting in front of us. And we are still living in the presence of our enemy. We are still living in a time of COVID. Uh, we're trying to move from pandemic to endemic. <laughs> that um, someone keeps forgetting that, but uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. And there's still a lot of fear around. There's still a lot of division around. There's you know still a lot of conversations. And I'm sure Christmas actually wasn't that easy for a lot of families because of that. Um, and so we're still in the presence of our enemy. And yet, in the presence of our enemy. God still creates this table for us. He, he creates this place to commune with us, to connect with us, to sustain us, to nurture us. And I, I know I've experienced that over this year in so many different ways. And I thought, what a beautiful way to finish off the year for us to just share a, a simple testimony of what that has looked like to sit at that table in 2021. So why don't we start with Susan. Susan, why don't you share with us what that has looked like for you? Okay. Well, I, w I want to go back to when I was a child. So... Uh, I come from a very big family. Um, I was the eldest of seven children. Mum had seven children in seven years. Get that? All the mums. <laughs> seven years. And so when I was seven, I was learning how to bottle feed and change nappies. I, I, was, I became very competent at helping mum. And the result of that was interesting. I felt like my job was to be... Um, kind of in the background because mum was very busy with the with the triplets and my my youngest brother was only 16 months old when they came along so he was still in nappy so they mum was very busy and so I felt like um I shouldn't have needs because mum was very busy and so I became very self-sufficient during that time but when I have gone through this new season of my life this year I found that God is interested in every, I mean, I've, I've often thought, you know, years ago, God has so many children to look after, I will just have to get on with it myself. <laughs> and so um, during this season, God has shown himself to be so compassionate, so kind and so there, so present with me. And so it's something new for me. It's been just a beautiful journey of knowing that God cares about every little detail of my life. So during this cancer journey, um, there've been times when God has shown me a nest, a big nest, and inside it, it's lined with these white feathers and he placed me in this nest. And um, there were some times when I was really fragile going through some difficulties and he said to me, um, 
I'm going to place you in this nest and, and you're safe there. And then he showed me another time the throne room of God and he placed my nest behind his throne. And when we were talking about, um, I was dealing at, at the beginning with some issues with some side effects from the chemo, um, he would say, in this place, you are in this nest and I will protect you and you and your beautiful hair will be restored in this place. And I've never felt the kindness and, and the ever-present help that God has been um, like this before. It's been an amazing journey for me. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I just wanted to read a scripture. I found this and this is so... Uh, such a really good way of explaining my journey. It's in Isaiah 43 and it's uh, just verses 1 and 2. Listen to the one who created you, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, You'll not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And I guess as a young Christian, I kind of had this idea that God would protect me from all harm. And for me going through this journey, it was like, ah, oh, this is so scary. And even just the word chemotherapy, I told my surgeon, I'm not having chemotherapy. We're having this discussion. We're not having, I'm not doing this, you know. And when it became evident that I needed to, I was quite fearful. But then God just came in and spoke to me with such beauty and such kindness. And he said, I'll be with you. And it's interesting, you know, with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they went through the fire. God didn't save them by keeping them out of the fire. He was with them in the fire. And that's what I'm experiencing right now. I remember asking him a while ago, um, Father, you could have healed me. He's healed me miraculously a number of times and at the beginning I was believing for miraculous healing I felt like I had faith and Andrew had faith and others had faith for that and and when he didn't I was disappointed of course but I felt like there was this love there to protect my heart from disappointment and I said father you could have healed me why didn't you and he said I want you in the cancer clinic to be my light he said, when you sang, I surrender, did you mean it or did you not mean it? <laughs> and I thought about the lyrics of the song, I surrender, I surrender. And I thought, yes, I did mean it, Father. Okay, so if you need me to go to the cancer clinic, I'm there. I'll do that. Because I know I'm healed. I know this is a done deal. I'm not worried about my future, not at all. And so to go in that place, it's amazing because every time, every two weeks I go, I meet somebody, I talk to them, I bring them comfort, I bring them, it's just like this God in me just comes out, it's amazing. It's like it's not actually even me talking to them. And I have these appointments with people I've never met who I have these great conversations with. And so I'm very um, happy to be there in that place. And then God showed me something really just recently. He gave me a scripture and I'm quite excited. I don't even know what it means, but he says, um, and this is, I think, still Isaiah 43, but later on, verse 19, for I'm about to do something new. See, 
I have already begun. And so God is doing something. I don't know whether it's for me or for the people that I'm talking to, but in this season, I'm just so at peace because I know God has me in the palm of his hand. And if I go through a struggle, I just say, Father, what should I do? And he always talks to me immediately. I don't have to wait. I don't have to worry. He's always there. It doesn't, it doesn't get more real, does it? Then, uh, you know, talking about at the table in the presence of the enemy, in the presence of a cancer journey yeah, to, right. to discover the table that that's he has right. set to yeah. set for you. Yeah. And yes, and the journey he takes us on is never the one we think, <laughs> but it's always, it's always better. And, and yeah. I love your reference to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego because I feel like um, Jesus will reveal himself in a very unique way inside the fire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, can I just share one yeah, more yeah, thing yeah. I forgot to say? So um, when he showed me that vision of me in the nest behind the throne, I was having some symptoms during that time. I'm not really having any now, which is great. But um, I was having some symptoms and he said, I want to teach you how to stand to resist the enemy because you know, I, I kind of had this idea when God is with me, the enemy can't come in. Well, he's a liar and he's, he's a deceiver and he'll try, even though he's really not supposed to, he will try to steal what God has given. And so God said to me, whenever you have a symptom, you are, you are in that nest and those symptoms are not allowed in. So you just tell them, get out. And that's what I do. Often at night when I'm feeling um, symptoms of some kind, I will just I'll name that thing and I will say, you are not allowed in the presence of God. Get out of here. And it just leaves. Oftentimes without any kind of medication, they, those things just go. I'm seeing amazing, miraculous. Yeah, it's great. Jesus revealing himself in a beautiful way in the midst of your fire. I love it. Thank you, Susan. That's so beautiful. So Penny, bit of a hard act to follow, but. <laughs> no, thanks for that. <laughs> no pressure. What does it look like for you to be at that table? Well, um, different for me. I was, um, I am a teacher and so I've just come through online learning and having to reorganise my life and my students' life and it was a really challenging year. And I'm also someone who loves to be outdoors and I love to be taking photos and I love to be just out and about. And I just, I felt like that was taken away from me. And I really struggled with lockdown. Bruce loved it, loved being in captivity with the TV. He loved it. <laughs> but I was like a caged bird. I just felt this wasn't right. I didn't want to be here. I felt discouraged. I was so discouraged and I was so disappointed at what the season was bringing. And um, and so I, I, I was seeking God about it and I felt he led me to the story of Hagar. And I'm like, oh, of course you'd tell me about Hagar, the girl who was rejected and, and sent away. And yeah, that makes sense, God. Thank you. But when I when I was reading that story, what God revealed to me was how deeply loved Hagar was. And Hagar felt powerless in her situation. Yeah. And Hagar felt lost. And Hagar felt disappointed. And, and Hagar felt like there was no one to help in and stand in the gap for her. But God, God meets her in this place and God sees her and he knows her and he cares for her. And just that he placed her in this family to hear about God. I just see God's love all over this lady's life. And I was so grateful. And um, just that real revelation of being deeply loved by God. And so I was looking around at my world and going, well, how can I make a difference, God? I'm stuck here at home. I can't take beautiful photos to encourage people. I just, um, and God just really put on my heart to do a devotion. A daily devotion and so I have a little um, Facebook page and an Instagram page painting with light capital L painting with God and uh, I would just 
look back at one of my photos and I would do my quiet time with God and he would speak to me and I would start to just journal in a way that it was like a little devotion that would just be sent out to wherever it would go (laughs) and I just would ask God to breathe on it and I said God whoever needs this courage because I feel that's what encouragement is you just lend your courage to someone else and so out of these quiet times of my brokenness of my sitting there going this is not fair God would feed me and I would just share it and I'd write it in a way that it would be for non-Christians and Christians. And this is the overflow of God. So when I first started out, there would be maybe, you know, 10 people interacting with it. And then overnight, God just breathed on it. And so we had then hundreds of people and then thousands of people and then hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world. And twice, Facebook and Instagram um, contacted me saying, you have reached over a million people this month. So Two million plus people in this little season have read these devotions about how much God loves them and finding encouragement and finding strength. And that's just God, that he would blow on that in such a way. But the beautiful thing is now is that it's dropped off. Now life has gone back to normal. It's dropped off. And there's a couple of hundred there and that's fine. But it matters to me not whether it's for one or for a million because God will use it. And just like he found Hagar and he really wanted to meet Hagar where she's at, whoever reads these devotions, God is using it. And so from all of this, I've just really learned that God sees us, God knows us, God loves us dearly, and he's above every circumstance and situation that we can come along with. And so I've just, I found this scripture and I just felt to, for all the Hagar's out there at the moment who have had a year where you might've felt unloved and unnoticed and discarded, um, maybe not treated properly and things didn't happen correctly. I feel there's a new season for you and I feel this is the word that God has for you. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become like a pool and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grounds and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. The season is changing. And I just believe that out of this overflow, God is gonna do something incredible for all the Hagar's out there who feel unnoticed and unloved. You are so deeply loved by God, so known, so seen and so cared for. And so that's what I saw, just the miraculous of God that he just takes the little bit that we do with great love and he just does what he does. And you get to be a part of that while you're sitting there desperately in your bedroom, hanging on for a word from God going, when are we getting out of this season? And he's touching millions of people around the world. So I just, I'm so thankful that God um, allowed me to be a part of that. How beautiful is that? And I'm not surprised, you, your encouragement really ministered to me all through lockdown too. Oh, Penny so has grateful. such a gift of encouragement yeah. and, and your photos are unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. I don't know, I don't know how you, I think I take photos like that, but I don't. <laughs> they always turn out really bad. I don't know how you capture that, but it's definitely a God gift on your life. Do you know, I actually ask God when I go out to photograph, Lord, let me reveal part of you. When people see my photos, may they see a glimpse of God's love. So there's a there's something on those photos that's not me. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so literally millions of people have kind of had the leftovers of what God's been doing on you. <laughs> this is this is how rich the leftovers are of God. Correct, yeah, amazing, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Thank you, Penny. Um, Theda, what does it yes. look like to, for you to sit at the table? <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for sharing, Susan and Penny. That was just amazing. And for me, it's just highlighting the fact of just the beauty of God's uniqueness in each and every one of us and how he's got a journey for us as well. And it doesn't have to be exactly the same. And um, so I get to share a little bit about my journey in this last sort of year. Um, And so 
can I begin by just sharing with you just what God put on my heart earlier this year? Um, I often share, I often ask God, okay, God, what is the word for the year for, for me? And, um, and so this particular year, so 2021, he said to me, more of Jesus, less of me. And I thought, I know that verse, God. And it's from John chapter 3, verse 30. Um, and John the Baptist is speaking and he's actually saying, well, um, he must become greater, talking about Jesus. He must become greater and I must become less. And so I'm thinking on this verse and I'm thinking to myself, okay, God, what are you going to be doing this year? Um, at first I thought, oh, wow, more of Jesus. Awesome. Love it. I want more of God all the time, right? Um, but I found that it was definitely a year of disruptions. There was a lot of disruptions. Um, disruptions in the plans that we had even to go back to Cambodia. Um, and so there was a lot of waiting and there still is waiting. Uh, disruptions with what was happening with just the rest of the world, with all the COVID stuff, and um, which everybody is experiencing in their own way. Um, and then I had this disruption which kind of came from left field and I didn't really know that it was coming, but I actually felt really ill and I was so sick um, just with, initially it was just with neck and shoulder pain, but then it, it moved on to other things and then I had stomach issues. And so um, I found that there was this disruption that was happening and there was this shaking that God was doing within me, but I actually was really disappointed. I was disappointed because I'm like, why are all these disruptions, you know, everywhere, God? Like it, it feels like as if I can't even get my head above water. Um, and um, I, was, I was that unwell that, um, that I would often just be lying in bed and asking God, God, if I could only just get through the night <laughs> and if I can just only get through the day. So once I've woken up, it's like, if I can, if I can only just get through the day, God, um, I'll just be thankful for that, you know. And so, so in that season, I felt as though God was stripping away things within me, like attitudes, mindsets, which I thought initially, like, for example, like I thought I knew how to love people. Um, but God was, was kind of saying to me, um, yeah, you do know how to love people, but I'm going to take you a lot deeper in understanding that. Um, yeah, you think you're compassionate? Yeah, good on you. I'm going to take you a lot deeper. Uh, you know, and so I found that this season of really um, having God Jesus in me being greater than I was, he took me on a journey of understanding who he was instead of who I was. <laughs> and um, so I found that in the book of John, um, I spent during the time that I got really ill, I just spent a few months just going slowly through the verses which told me who God was by saying, I am, like who he was is in, I am who I say I am. Um, and he, he took me on this journey of understanding that he is the bread of life, um, that he is the way, the truth and the life, that he is the door, that he is the good shepherd, you know, and that, um, that he is the life and he's the resurrection and life. And, and before Abraham was, I am, like as in he was saying that he was showing his heart as a father to me because I realised that, I knew God, but he was actually wanting to take me into a deeper yeah. understanding and revelation of who he is as a father to me. And um, so I believed God for a quick miracle. 
I was like, God, yep, I've seen yeah. you do it in my life before. I know what you're like. You can give me a Absolutely. quick fix and I'll be hallelujah and out of there, you know. Yeah. And, and so I actually thought to myself, yeah, God, would you just heal me quickly? I just want to be away from this pain. Like I don't want to be in this pain and this, in this suffering. And um, But I almost it almost felt like as if God was saying, of course you're healed, but there's going to be this journey in the healing. That's it. And um, I was actually reading a devotion. I can't claim this statement as my own because I was reading a devotion from a particular lady. I can't remember her name, but it was about slow miracles. <laughs> and... Um, and I felt like I was living a season of slow <laughs> miracles, right? And, 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 and this lady mentioned about the fact that, um, you know, in the waiting, um, God is actually really feeding our yeah. soul. Yeah. And how, yes, it's great when we get fast miracles because they feel good. Yeah, yeah? fast miracles feel good, but slow miracles feed good. And so I took that on board and I went, yeah, I can see God that even in this slow miracle, you're really feeding my soul and I'm getting so much out of understanding the depthness of your love and your grace over my life. And so he's been showing and revealing things to me that um, in such a way that um, these disruptions, they're not disqualifications for any of us. In fact, these disruptions are actually just an opportunity or an invitation to realign ourselves yeah, yeah. Yes. with what God is actually right. telling us to do. It's like yeah. putting us, putting his will back in the focus yeah. rather than our will in the focus. So and so um, I feel like this particular year, there's a lot of been a lot of shifting and shaking <laughs> um, and realigning myself with what God really wants. And if I have to wait for those miracles, I'm okay with that now because I'm understanding that he's feeding me during this time and it's actually shaping me to be the woman that he right. needs me to be for any other future things that are happening ahead, Amen. you know? Oh, yeah, so um, so in the journey, uh, I've got this real renewed sense of hope that, um, that 2022, you know what? I'm not going to claim anything that it's going to be like a fantastic year, but I'm just going to I'm just going to claim the fact that my hope is in the one that doesn't Amen. disappoint. That's right. And so I'm taking that into that new year now of yeah. 2022. Yeah. Oh, love it. That is so beautiful. Thank you, Dita. So beautiful. I just love how pure of heart all of you have remained in your season. Like it's just so because you can get so cynical and in disappointment. You know, you can you can get even bitter in, in disappointment. But I just love how pure your hearts have stayed, you know. I love it. Beautiful. So, Megan. Yes. This season's been kind of intense for you. Um, it has been, yes. You know, a couple of kids and uh, in lockdown. And just to add real excitement to it, you're expecting baby number three. <laughs> so you've had a um, lovely yes. morning sickness to contend with. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, so. you fellas just miss out on so much, <laughs> so much. I'm really going to have to talk to the Lord about that one day. So I've, tell us tell us what it's been like for you to sit at that table. Yeah, yeah. So I've, actually I was trying to think past like the past three to four months and it hasn't been, I mean, there's been a bit of sickness and, and whatnot, but um yeah, we're very excited that we're going to have a, have a three. We're going to have three under three. So prayers. You go, girl. That's prayers, great. We, yeah, no, we're very, very excited. But when I was asked to, to come and, and share something, I have to admit, like, I had a moment of, oh, I've got nothing to share because I was just looking back on, you know, 
my year, not even just like the year, really two and a half years, so since Mercy, um, it's been full of just uh, mumming and like nappy changes and, um, you know, feeding and running on very little sleep. And you girls would like definitely know that season so well. Um, And so I was really trying to look past of, you know, what is that season for me and um, and I was really struggling to to kind of come up with you know something value to share and then this amazing thing happened to me on just on Friday um, I was at the shops and uh, took the kids to the plaza I just needed to get some groceries so we went into Woolworths and um, and I was there and you know how you like stack the pram with as much groceries as you can <laughs> while you're, you know, trying to wrangle the two, I was wrangling the two kids and like Mercy and Ezra love being in the shop. So they're just running around <laughs> and, uh, and I was there for quite a while and I thought, okay, I think I've got everything. Let's head to the checkout. And in my head was like, just got to get to the checkout and then I'll, um, to the car and the kids will be locked in the car and we'll be, <laughs> I can drive home. And, and so I got to this checkout and, and this gentleman, and he would have probably been about like thir- late thirties, early forties. He, he came up to me and he's like, oh, it, it's a shame you don't have much groceries. And I was, I was really thrown. Like, I, what do you say to that? Like, yeah. sorry. Like, <laughs> and, and so I was like, I kind of did that like awkward laugh like huh and then he's like no like I really wanted you to have more groceries because I want to pay for your groceries and I was just like really like so blown away and and then he was like yeah yeah like you know I'm gonna pay for your groceries and like and of course I had to be like why (laughs) like (laughs) why do you want to pay for my groceries and he said he was watching he was watching me and he was saying I just looked so happy and I was smiling so like I couldn't believe it. I was smiling and he said, you just look like you were such a good mum. I wanted to bless you. And I was like, really? Because like in my head, I was like, let's get to the car. (laughs) I'm I'm at the end. Um, And he said, I just wanted to bless you in this season. And I I was like, oh my gosh. And he's, I do this once every like uh, Christmas. He does it once. And he just picks one person to bless. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, but then, so we're at the checkout and this other lady had heard what had happened. And so she's crying <laughs> just about what he wanted, because uh, what he was doing. And I'm just like, well, is this happening? Because like, yeah. I, I was really shocked. And then, so I was like, thank you. And he was still like, he felt so bad that he's like, do you want to get more? And I'm like, I, I physically can't fit anything. <laughs> I physically can't carry anymore. <laughs> and um, and so, and then I, we, I was walking out and I was, of course, saying thank you and really like mercy you need to say thank you to this man like this was really nice and then he's like oh can I get you a gift voucher to um get some like photos printed for Christmas you know to give gifts and whatnot and I was like okay sure (laughs) yeah and then and then so he took me to this place and he's like here you go and he gave me a hundred and fifty dollar voucher to to get this um like photos printed and um and I was and then he left and I was just like, so I called you and like, you have no idea what just happened to me. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. And, um, and I was really just completely thrown because I had this week of this is my season. And, and I, I probably should have said at the beginning, I love this season that I'm in. I actually really find, I don't know if it's crazy, but I love the nappy changes. I love doing all this. I, 
so blessed that I get to spend every day with my kids. Um, but I was really trying to draw what do I have to share from this season that I'm, I'm in because it can look really mundane yeah. and it can be the same thing yeah. over and over. And like, it's a good day for me if like the house looks semi-clean. Like, it's like, no, no, I have cleaned it 30 times because like my kids have messed it up every time. And, um, but what just completely threw me is not only because that guy blessed my, my week, but he, he saw me for being a mum, like nothing more. He just saw me because I was a mum and he wanted to bless me in that season. And I was just like, oh, like, actually I, this season I do carry a light, you know, even though yeah. like, I don't feel seen like yeah. at the shops, I didn't think anyone was seen, yeah. seeing me, but he noticed me and to, to him, I stood out for some reason. And um, yes, yeah, so I was, I was really encouraged and kind of taking that with me into next year of yeah. this season is a lot of nappy changes and it's a lot of that mundane things but I can still stand out in that season and um, and I love that you were sharing like the overflow of okay there is actually so much I have to share and that overflows from this season that I don't even realize but other people see it so yeah anyway so that was my beautiful I love that I love that You know, greatness really often rises just out of a thousand uh, very ordinary yeah. days. Great yeah. marriages, yeah. Uh, just thousands of ordinary days. Yeah. Great parenting, just yeah. thousands of ordinary days. And yeah. honestly, yeah. greatness in the kingdom is often just a thousand ordinary yeah. days of standing in faith, believing yeah. Yeah. in yeah. Jesus, believing in what He says, and uh, and and just just trying to be his light in whatever whatever season, whatever situation we have. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, ladies. This has been rich. I hope at home that you have felt that you were sitting at a table and um, eating the leftovers with us yeah. and really feeling very full. Yeah. Um, and I also want to encourage you, if you, if you don't feel like you've ever sat at the Lord's table, and met with him and connected with him, maybe today is the day to do that. And perhaps you've known the Lord, but you haven't stopped long enough to sit at the table and appreciate what he's what he is laying out for you, what he's made for you. And I just encourage you that today is the day to pull up a chair, get yourself comfy and feast from all that God has for you. I believe the overflow of what he does in your life is going to touch so many lives. Um, just as we've seen, it's the it is the zone of the miraculous. Yes. It really is the zone of the miraculous. So I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to let us all go and do our Boxing Day awesome. traditions. All right, let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, you are so good to us, and Lord, we we just hand over this year to you and uh, just uh, grateful for all that you've taught us and uh, Lord, the lessons that are to come. But more than anything, we're grateful for how you've met with us. We're grateful for your presence. We're grateful for your uh, love and your kindness and your mercy and your grace towards us, your forgiveness, Lord God, your your power, the way it's touched our lives, your incredible revelation that we've had. And so Lord God, I pray that uh, we would Uh, feast abundantly at your table well into the new year Lord God that there would be a sense that uh, even 2022 you've you've prepared a table and even if it is still in the presence of enemies whether that be COVID 
or cancer or um, the crazy seasons that we find ourselves in or sickness in any form, even if we asked in the presence of enemies, Lord, that we would still know that there is a table rich, rich and abundant for us to be feasting at and that you will meet us there and commune with us and connect with us in a really rich way. I just thank you for it, Lord God. And I just pray you bless everyone who is listening to the Word today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, uh, happy Boxing Day. Happy New Year. And yeah, we'll see you in 2022. (laughs) Bye. Bye.